friend, and welcome back to another episode of The Watchaholic, a podcast all about the movies from our childhood and the ones that just premiered yesterday. If you don't already know, my name is Melody, and I am your glamorous queen of a host, and today we are finally on episode 7. Guys, to say that I'm on episode 7 is such an amazing thing to me because honestly that means I am working hard to even get to episode 10. Um, for those of you who um, are new to doing a podcast, sometimes it can be a little bit endearing because you might feel like, oh, nobody's listening or am I doing the right type of content? Like, What should I do? And honestly, I haven't felt that way yet. Yes, I might look at my downloads and I might be like, oh, they're dipping or oh my God, maybe no one really likes this episode. But you know what? I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed this process. I really enjoy literally just sitting at my computer in my PJs, talking into a mic and listening to myself. I don't know if that really just says that I just like the sound of my own voice, which isn't a good thing, but I truly, really (laughs) enjoy doing this and talking to you about my favorite movies and new movies and TV shows that are just coming out that I just want to talk to you about. So if you're an avid Watchaholic listener, welcome back. I am so glad that you're here and decided to listen to another episode. Really, it means so much to me that you've come back to listen to me just talk and talk about movies and shows and just the way that I perceive them and what I think about them. Now, if you are new here and you enjoy my podcast after today, please, I invite you to subscribe, rate, and review the pod. It really, really helps out. But uh, when you're listening to this, it'll be Monday. It'll be the start of your week. And whether you are walking to the train as I do, and that's when I listen to my favorite podcasts, or if you're out for a run, or if you're just at home trying to find a new podcast, I just want to wish you an awesome beginning of the week. Let's kill it. Let's go into it with a great, great mindset, okay? Let's do it together. Uh, But today's episode, let's get into today's episode. Today's episode is our final episode of Rom-Com February. And I would, and I thought it would be so fun to end it on a movie that I proudly owned on a DVD and watched it. And, and after watching it again, after like I don't know how many years, it made me laugh more now more now than like it did back in the day. Because like obviously this, this movie what we're about to talk about came out in like the early 2000s. And I was pretty young. But now watching it as a 32-year-old, let's just say I laughed harder than I ever did back in 2003. So today, guys, we are going to be discussing 2003's romantic comedy, Love Don't Cost a Thing. Yes, the one with Nick Cannon and Christina Milan. I don't know if you remember it, but man, oh man, rewatching this brought up some things that I need to talk to you about, like low-rise jeans, the fact that actors did not look like high school kids at all, and how, like, you know, after watching, like, my fourth romantic comedy in a row, I've really started to think about, like, how I wish I, I knew what happened after they got together. You know, there's, sometimes the movie just ends, and you're like, okay, that was it. And there's some romantic comedies that I'm like, no, but I want to, I want to know more. Like, what, what happened? Did they achieve their dreams? Did they get that scholarship? You know, because it kind of just revolves around the fact that somebody wanted to find love, and not about other things that are just as important as finding the person that you really enjoy spending your time with and that you really like or love by the end of the movie you know but there is a lot going on in this movie and I am so so excited to get into it this week but first let us talk about the news of the week and some 
Of course, we're going to talk about some black actors that I am a huge fan of because I did mention last week that I'm um, going to be talking about just in this month for Black History Month, just really um, talking about famous black, black actors and black actresses of our time and of not our time. Okay, so let's get into it now. I have to come out and say that there is so much happening on Netflix these days and I kind of wanted to talk about it because there are some shows that I have yet to see and things that I absolutely love that I cannot wait to see season two of and of course I much must start by talking about Bridgerton. That famous Bridgerton. Oh my god. If you, Are you a fan of Bridgerton? Please tell me you are. Because I want to talk about this show on the podcast so bad. Oh my god. Like, to tell you the honest truth, I don't know if I am ready for the amazingness, for the gossip, for for the sex because oh my god guys I am chomping at the bits as Miss Mary Poppins would say um to just watch the show because it actually really astonished me the first season didn't think I was really gonna enjoy it but they really brought this like a modern twist to it and I absolutely loved every second of it I know these um seasons or each season is going to be focused on a specific character from the novels now I don't remember the names so I'm not even gonna get into the names now but I mean we were all a huge fan of that chocolate beautiful man Mr. Jean what's his name I'm I'm not even gonna say his name because I, I honestly don't remember it because he was just so good looking and just everyone loved him and thought he was so sexy but guys if we're going to talk about Bridgerton season one, I just want to say that I was shocked at the amount of sex in that show. Like, I thought it was just going to be like, oh yeah, like some sex scenes, like you see in like some movies. No, this was some like Fifty Shades of Grey shit that I was not prepared for. Like, you cannot watch this with your parents because it would be incredibly awkward. I felt awkward watching it with my boyfriend who who was like on his computer on the side, like, and I was watching it on TV and I was like, Honey, there's going to be a lot of sex coming up on this episode. Just just giving you a heads up. Because it was like intense. For those of you who watched it, you know. It was intense and very not expected. Um, but also just a really great show. I, I loved it. I loved the reveal at the end when you find out who was Lady Whistledown. I think that's her name. Whistledown? No, I think. Am, am I com- What is her name? Am I completely confusing her with like Whistleton? <laughs> from frozen i might be holy shit i think i just did i don't remember her name but it was revealed as to who the person um doing um the gossip pages which was the voice is by the wonderful julie andrews who i absolutely adore and but you find out who the character actually is at the end of the movie i mean excuse me at the end of the show and it is God damn it, it's so freaking great. I love it. I love the show. I cannot wait to see it. It's back at the end of March. I am so bad. Shame on me for not knowing when it comes out. I'm going to look it up right now while I'm on on the pod because it's actually bothering me that I didn't write when it actually comes out. Like, what is wrong with me? Shame on me. So Bridgerton Season 2 is set to premiere on March 25th and I am so excited I will be there. Yes, I will, especially because it also is going to be talking about Anthony. This is Anthony's storyline because, you know, it's about his time to meet somebody and it's going to be his story. And I will say I actually really enjoyed his character in the first season. I wasn't a huge fan of the, like, sideburns look. But in this season, I will say he's looking. Mm. 
he is looking real real good and I am I might be a fan I might turn into a fan so um don't you worry I will talk about it all in the podcast when this show starts because I am I am ready I am ready but anyways, next next bit of news, which actually might not necessarily be movie or TV related, but I feel like I wanted to talk about it because it is kind of in the realm of entertainment. And it is that Disney's new Star Wars Hotel, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser has officially opened to previews for bloggers, influencers, um, media outlets, etc. So that they can go and see it before it's open to the general public for um, for regular people. Nicole. Well, we shouldn't even say regular people because you better be fucking rich if you're going to this. Just saying. Because, guys, if you did not know, it's going to cost you for two people at least $4,000 USD. And I'm not even going to say, I'm going to say, let's let's say closer to five, almost 5000 for just two people for this experience. Basically, the whole point of it is that you are on this like star in Star Wars um uh, you're going to be surrounded by Star Wars atmosphere on a galactic star cruiser. So imagine taking a cruise but on land and it's a two-day experience where there'll be um, interactive things you get to play um, along with everyone that's around you. There's a whole bunch of actors. Um, there's videos on YouTube of bloggers and influencers and um, media outlets that have gone to preview this and they have given their feedback. Now, from what I have been noticing is that a lot of people who weren't invited did say that they weren't invited because they usually like to say some negative things about Disney. These uh, YouTubers do really enjoy Disney but lately they've just felt that Disney has just really um, dropped the ball so they've been really honest on their videos and I think Disney knows that so they did not invite those YouTubers to um, those previews but um, they don't seem very happy as to what they've seen they say it does look a little bit like not worth the four thousand five thousand dollars that you would be spending for this two-day experience and um, I personally have not seen all the videos. I've seen some and I'm just like, I'm not a huge, huge Star Wars fan like that. I do really enjoy the movies for sure, but I don't think I would ever pay $5,000 for a two-day experience for it to be just be like, meh. I'd rather literally go into a Disney cruise that I know I will enjoy. So I don't know. Let me know if you're planning on doing the Star Wars thing. Let me know what your thoughts are. If you are going to be going or you've done it I don't know let me know send me a dm I'd love to chat about it so before we get into the rest of the episode I do want to talk about some black actors because of course it's still black history month and I want to remind everyone that black lives is not just a black excuse me black history month is not just a day it is history it is every day it is a movement black lives matter movement is every single day so let's not forget that okay i know you know with george floyd and everything that happened in the last two years you know people really stood up and talked about black lives and i feel like i don't want people to forget that that is still a movement that happens every single day so let's keep that in mind as we end black history quote unquote month but let's get into our first actor who I want to talk about. And his name, you will all know him, is Will Smith. I love Will Smith. Everything he does. I mean, well, I can't say everything because he's, he's has he's had some flops. But what he does know, it, when he does it well, he does it well. One of my favorite movies that he's ever been in is The Pursuit of Happiness. 
I really think he, he was nominated, I think, for the Oscar that year, but didn't win. I know this year he's also nominated for King Richard, which I have yet to see. Very excited to see that because I have heard great, great things about that film. Um, so I will definitely be checking that out. But Will Smith is one of those actors that he can do the comedy and he can do the drama. And I really appreciate an actor that can do both because comedy isn't easy and being dramatic is not easy. So not being dramatic. That wasn't the right word. And doing more serious roles are not easy as well. And he can just take you to these places that are just so real and authentic and just just beautiful, beautiful things to watch. Um, our next actor I really want to talk about is Eddie Murphy. Now, of course, Eddie Murphy's not as famous as he used to be back in the day. Um, but one role that I really, really always loved him in, and it's might not be a very common one, but it was his role in Dream Girls. Um, I love that film. I don't know if you've seen Dream Girls. I really hope you have. If you haven't, I highly recommend you check it out. It is a very well done film. The music, the acting is just the singing. Everything is amazing in that movie. So I highly recommend if you have never seen Dream Girls. But Eddie Murphy in that was fantastic I mean he he was not nominated I think that year for the Oscar and he got like really really upset about it but which I mean Oscars aren't really that important as they used to be like back 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 in the day now everything is just so like meh whatever um but Eddie Murphy is he's another one who can do the the comedy and he can do the serious and I really like I said I really appreciate that I've got here on my list, I've got Morgan Freeman, the famous Morgan Freeman that no matter where he is and you hear that voice, you know it is Morgan Freeman. He is kind of like a James Earl Jones. He's just got one of those really deep voices that the moment you hear it, there's only one person it could be and it is Morgan Freeman. Um, Morgan Freeman has been in so many fantastic films over the years, including... um, uh, obviously he's been in the Batman movies he was in oh my god I'm blanking on that movie with Tim Robbins I'm blanking oh god what is his name he was in the Shawshank Redemption in 1994 now that is a great old film from the 90s that is incredibly sad and incredibly beautiful by the time you get to it uh do recommend if you've never seen the Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption it is a very long movie but it is my god it it is sad as fuck but it is also a great great acting film that just deserves a watch if you haven't seen and morgan freeman in that is just wonderful to watch anything he's in he's just so free i never feel like he's acting and there's so many actors out there that are like it's hard to find an actor that's just not acting like they're just there in the moment and just seems like that's just who they are and morgan freeman always always delivers now I want to talk us about some um my some younger actors or not younger uh, whatever. <laughs> now I want to talk about Michael B. Jordan. Now Michael B. Jordan is on the younger side, and I absolutely love him. I mean, not only is he a beautiful man to look at, I mean he is a mm, he is good looking. Uh, but Michael B. Jordan has been in some amazing films. Um, I think he leans more towards the drama than the comedy. He was in the awkward moment in 2014 with um, Zac Efron and Miles Teller, I believe is his name. Yeah, that was a kind of like a, a romantic comedy that uh, all three of these guys were in. And th- th- that's a really funny movie. It was good. It's not like 
super memorable, but it was a great film. I've seen it, and obviously I'm a huge Zac Efron fan, so I had to watch it. But that's besides the point. Usually when he's in things, he's more leaning towards the drama side, you know. If you haven't seen Creed, he's fantastic in that. He was the villain, quote-unquote villain. I don't. He's a villain, but I don't know. Sometimes you understand his side, but he was in Wakanda. I was going to say Wakanda forever. He was in Black Panther um, as the villain. And he was such a great villain, which is, you know, I never envisioned him as being a bad guy. But he was so good in that. Like, oh, my God. It was very sad. His his the way he he died in the in the spoiler alert if you haven't seen Black Panther by now spoiler alert he dies and it's a very beautiful scene actually when he does pass away um he's just really great and I'm very pissed at myself because I actually have never seen him in um his first movie that he ever got to do which was I think it was called um Fruitvale um Fruitvale Station I think it was called um I actually have never seen him in that um which is really sad because I know it's I probably should based on Black History Month that I should probably watch that but that was his first role that really like catapulted him into what he is today and I think he is fantastic and I can't wait to see more of him as he progresses because really everything he does is he's he's very he's very very good and lastly I do want to talk about someone who is or excuse me who was very in uh, was very prominent in the black um community as an actor and that was um the late Chadwick Boseman um god I feel like I could even cry just seeing his name um but he did pass away from cancer not too long ago um I believe we're going on like his two-year um anniversary since his passing um just he was a fantastic I mean yes he was our Black Panther and I don't think anyone could ever replace that so I'm actually really looking forward to see what Marvel does in that case knowing that they did have him who he passed away so but everything he did was fantastic fucking tastic if you did not see Ma Rainey's Black Bottom which was his last film that he did he was and posthumously he did win the um award for that last year I believe it was and or the year before and um he was so fucking fantastic in that film if you've never seen it it was oh my god and you could see how skinny he was um and 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 a very and you didn't notice that like knowing now that he had cancer during this time and no one really knew and he was pushing through filming these films and no one had any idea that he was battling this this bad bad cancer and um he's just he was fantastic at everything he did he played Jackie Robinson in the movie 42 which was also a great film a great movie to watch during Black History Month uh yeah, his roles were always just very wonderful to watch. And he, it's actually really, really sad that we won't be able to continue to see his work going forward. But um, everything he did do while his time on this earth um, is, it's wonderful. It's, it was wonderful, wonderful work. And I am very happy that I've seen most of it. So if you have not seen any Chadwick Boseman movies other than Black Panther, of course, I highly recommend you go and watch his other films because he is and was fantastic 
Okay, guys, so let's get into the main segment of the episode, which is we're going to be talking about Love Don't Cost a Thing. So this movie was released on December 12th, 2003, and it starred a whole bunch of familiar faces that I had even forgotten about. Like, yes, we had Nick Cannon and Christina Milan in the title roles of this film, but we also had, which I didn't remember, we had Steve Harvey, Kenan Thompson, Cal Penn, and this one, guys, guys, this one, this is for my real, real fans of movies out there. We had Dante Vasco. I'm going to take a moment because you probably don't know who that is. But that is Rufio from the movie Hook with Robin Williams. Yes. Rufio, Rufio. Come on. If you have not seen Hook, I you better go right now and freaking find that film and watch it. Because I was shook to my core. He plays like a spoken word poet. He's just like... He just has like a little moment where he's just speaking spoken word. And y'all, I lost, I'm a, I'm a, I about lost my shit. I was like, yo, it's Rufio in this. Totally had forgotten. Totally had forgotten. But okay, let's talk about the movie, the movie plot. Because obviously this movie is predictable. Funny. Yes. Romantic. Not really. Can you freaking believe that? We'll talk about why it wasn't romantic later. But this movie to me was more funny than anything else like that's about it everything else is like the romance really really lacked which is really sad because this is a romantic comedy not a comedy that's romantic so but we'll talk about that later but basically the movie plot is um alvin played by nick cannon is basically like the nerd he hangs out with his three friends one of the uh, two played by keenan um keenan thompson and cal penn and we have one more actor and i'm very bad i'm forgetting his name but there are, you know, he's like studying to be in high school. He wants to be like an engineer for cars and he's just like a nerd. And then we have Christina Milan, who's, who plays, of course, the name would be Paris, of course, plays basically the popular girl. He basically decides that he's going to help her because she ends up like crashing her mom's car and she needs help to pay for it. So he's like, okay, I'll pay for it, but you have to make me popular. Pretend to be my boyfriend for two weeks. And she's like, fuck. Okay, fine, I'll do it. Because if not, she's going to get in trouble. So basically, the movie goes from there. And it's fucking predictable, of course. I mean, it's the typical storyline where a guy basically gets too popular and forgets who his friends are and kind of like loses himself in this whole idea of being popular. And I have to say, there's this one quote that Paris says at the end of the film where he's just, just like, not, a little bit towards the end of the film where he's just really made an ass of himself and um she basically says being popular isn't a privilege it's a job it's nothing but stress and worries work to get in work to stay in and when she said that i was like you know what that is so true like if you watch any rom-com that has to do with teenagers like literally being popular sounds like fucking horrible because if you do one thing that nobody likes you could easily be kicked out of the popular group just saying like it's she's so right I mean it is is absolutely the the truth um but this movie really um really was very predictable (laughs) at the end of the day it was predictable uh but one of the things that I really really want to talk about is the fashion (laughs) is the fashion in this movie because my god in 2003 we were wearing low-rise jeans and guys low-rise jeans are coming back and I do not know how I feel about this because watching it on the screen I was like 
oh my god these jeans are so low they're literally like right on top of her vagina like where your vagina would start like her pants were just a little bit on top of that that's how low they were everything in this movie was like low whether you're wearing skirts whether you're wearing shorts whether you're wearing a bikini oh my god bikini low rise oh my god sounds horrid I just realized like how that fashion does not help people of curvy curvy does not excuse me does not help the ladies that have got the curves like low-rise jeans are my death please don't bring those back now flare jeans are coming back I don't know how we feel about the flares or the bell bottoms but I actually really like I liked those back in the day I am I'd be okay with with some flares and bell bottoms but I will not be I will not go back to the low-rise jeans I have no idea why those are going back why I mean excuse me why those are coming back watching them in the movie I was like why 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 are we why 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 is that coming back um there's also this scene and it's mostly in the beginning of the movie where all the characters think that wearing like Sean John is like if you're not wearing Sean John you're like an like horrible and it's actually funny because Keenan Thompson's character, who is a nerd, goes into the popular hall, which we will talk about that next. The popular hall, and he like everyone notices him, and he's just like, "Oh, well, I'm cool." And then he shows them his jeans, where he has literally cut out a fake Sean John like cutout and pills, and just like sewed it onto his pants, so people would think he's popular and cool. Sean John. Sean John really wish I honestly don't remember Sean John being that popular like I really don't I was watching this and I was like was Sean John that big in 2003 now granted in 2003 I was depending I, I believe I was in like my first year of high school either first year of high school or graduating eighth grade one of the two depending on when this movie came out and Sean John really was that popular I really have no memory of that but all I have to say is that wearing Sean John in this movie was like if you wore Gucci like it was just like (gasps) Sean John it was like that style with the sweats now I know I'm saying I do remember P Diddy because Sean John is P Diddy um wearing that stuff but it was really popular in the day like those really big like oversized sweatpants and jackets but why why was it nice it looks horrid horrid uh but yeah so something else that really really struck me in this movie and I really want to talk about it because it has bothered me to an extreme because back in the day especially in this movie you know watching it like all these actors in this movie are playing literally like high school kids they're probably supposed to be like between 15 and 16 15 and 17 years old and every single one of these actors looks like they're in their fucking late 30s or maybe early 30s maybe like no one there looks like they are graduating high school and back in the day we all accepted this this was normal it was just like oh yeah they're in high school no one ever questioned the fact that they looked way too old at least when I was young but this upsets me because I'm gonna bring up a fact that really like watching it I was like really and people were freaking making a big deal about Ben Platt playing a high school kid in Dear Evan Hansen oh it has upsets me to another degree. Like it upsets me to another degree that people were hating on Ben Platt, who is an amazing actor and singer, and originally into the role of dear of freaking Evan Hansen in the musical Dear Evan Hansen, were freaking coming after him for the trailer for not looking like a high school kid. I'm like, guys, 
do you not remember the 90s and the 2000s where literally 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds were playing 17-year-olds? Do you not remember that time? Because it was a time. So y'all need to fucking calm down and let the person who's supposed to be playing the part play their part. Sorry, I'm so passionate about this because it literally upset me. If you haven't seen Dear Evan Hansen, it actually was a very good film. I The reviews were just hating. I don't understand why they didn't like it. I have never seen the musical. So if you've never seen the musical and you want to watch a good musical that has amazing acting and amazing songs, I highly recommend the movie. He's a horrible person, but it's a great film. <laughs> or musical. Like, the character itself, not a really good person. But the musical and Ben Platt is just chef's kiss. Sorry, I got off topic. But my God. Okay, okay we're, we're going back. We're, we're, we're getting back into it. Um, but that was a, I just cannot. So I really want to talk about the, um, something else, obviously. We're, I always say something else I want to talk about. Obviously, I'm going to talk about a million things because I just have to talk about them. Because, uh, duh. Uh, the actors in this movie. I really want to talk about the actors in this movie because there are some really strong ones and there are some other ones that I just questioned. And the one thing that I really questioned going in is why, when Alvin got popular, why the fuck was he walking around like a drunk man? And that was considered like a cool walk. Like every time he walked into a scene, I was like, why is he walking like that? That does not make you cool. That does not make you popular. You look horrid. You look like you are on drugs or a drunk. One of the two. You just do not look like uh, it does not look like a good walk. I also have to say, um, Nick Cannon in this was, he was okay, like nothing magical. No no one in the title role was really like a, a highlight of, of mine to watch. But like watching him was really, really interesting because in the beginning of the movie, he has like this like weird, like, like a quote unquote nerdy voice that he puts on. And then he, like when he becomes popular, he kind of loses it. And then when he's like still like, himself he no longer has the nerdy voice so it was like it was annoying because it was just like he just put on this voice while he was like looked nerdy but then the moment he gets his makeover quote unquote we're gonna fix your hair and take off your unibrow he like lost his voice like I understand like putting putting on a voice to be like oh I'm cool I'm a popular kid but even when he got the makeover and decided and was like not in around people that were popular he still lost his like voice it was weird and I was didn't understand it I, I, I didn't understand it now someone that I will say was very good in this film and I had forgotten they were in this film was Steve Harvey Steve Harvey in this I think he saved this movie Honestly, he was the best part of the whole movie to me. He was so damn funny. I mean, it's Steve Harvey. But one of the things that I really enjoyed about his performance was that he was able to bring the comedy, but also bring the heart in this movie. You know, in the beginning of the movie, Steve Harvey, he, he plays Alvin's dad. And he's pretty much like the, he's probably, he's just like the, the dad that's like, you know, really like into like, he's like, loves like sex. And he's like playing to the, like those like, you know, do, 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 do. you know he's playing like those old school like sexual like songs like you make me feel it's brand new you know one of those songs loving you weather weather times are good or bad oh i was feeling it wow guys i sorry i was i was feeling that just now <laughs> that's a great song but basically music like this and 
he wants his son to like start dating girls and have sex and there's this really funny scene where he shows alvin how to use a condom for the first time and it is goddamn funny he basically shows him how to use a condom and and he goes no 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 you know alvin's like fidgeting with like his two hands trying to get the condom open and he's like no 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 we're johnson we're johnson's we one-handed people and he like shows him how to take out how to like rip the condom with his mouth and then take the condom outside of the condom wrapper with one hand and it is it's hilarious and he's just like kind of showing him like you know how to get in the mood how to get the ladies going you know and it's it's I don't remember this watching. I can't believe I watched this as like a 13 or 14 year old, first of all. Now saying this out loud, I was probably like, oh my God. Especially me, because I was such a like good kid. I was I was really like, the fact that you kissed a boy at like 13 was like a shock. You you kissed a boy? That was me. I was that. I will admit I was that kid who was like, ew, you kissed a boy? You're like 13. When people had boyfriends, that was me. I was weird. I was a late bloomer, y'all but sorry this is besides the point uh Steve Harvey you know he delivered that you know those scenes where he you know he he gives him the condoms and he's just like you know just hilarious and then there is also a scene at the end of the movie where he really breaks down and tells you know Alvin how proud of him he is because in college I mean in high school he was a popular kid but he didn't have the smarts that Alvin had that his son has and he does he did feel that maybe he was just jealous of that so he would always try to cover it up with it just being like oh yeah go go get the girls go get the girls but he was like I just want you to know how proud I am of you and you know it was a beautiful very beautiful scene between him and Alvin you know, having that revelation and and tears were shed and it really gave his character a different layer than it just being like the funny dad. There was so much more to him and I I really felt that in the scene and that to me really sold like his character and to me it really sold the fact that he was the best well-fleshed character in the whole movie. So props, 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 props to Steve Harvey. Now, something that's really important that I think, and I mentioned this before, so this movie gets like an eight in comedy, but like, I feel like this movie should get like a freaking like two for freaking romance because guys, there was no chemistry whatsoever between Nick Cannon and Christina Milan in this movie. Like, like no chemistry whatsoever. There was never a point in this movie where I was like, oh, wow, she's starting to like him. Other than the fact when she was giving him a makeover. But, like, there never got to a point where I realized, like, like I never understood, like, like why does she like him? There was no turning point for me. Like, why does he like her? The only reason why he even, like, talks to her or, like, that's how I want to say it. The only reason why she... um gives him the makeover is because no one's taking him seriously. And then the only reason why he like wants to talk to her is because she's popular and then as the movie progresses there's never like really any crazy like scene where I felt like oh wow there's something there it was like very minimal very just like there was one scene where like they go out on a date or like one scene where she's like vulnerable with him playing her guitar and playing the music with him but like that was it that's all you got you just got like one scene where she was vulnerable with him 
But I feel like I never got that in the other way. Like there was never a scene between or scenes. I wish I wanted. That's why I wanted more where you were able to see like the chemistry, the attraction, the reason why these two characters like each other. There was literally none of that. It was basically like, oh, I like her because she's hot. And I don't know, that to me just uh, just upset me because I never saw any point in this movie that I believed that they actually liked each other. There was no scene. It was just like, beginning, I'm doing this because I, you, you paid me money to be your friend. And then they have like a couple moments where they're like hanging out and just like going to parties and him getting more popular. And then it's the end of the movie and he redeems himself after, you know, everyone finds out that he wasn't really being a, 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 the, a real person and he just like lied to everyone blah, 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 all that stuff and then like they make out and I'm like why why do you like her why does he like you I don't fucking know it that really took the romance it just I say I just threw it out I hated it I was not a fan um and then there is this one guy and this is really upset me from like a girl's point of view so in the beginning of the movie, Paris is dating like this, like, I guess he wasn't in, in high school, but he got, like, um, drafted by, like, the NBA, I guess is what they're going to say. And they're watching him on TV, and he says that he's a free agent, that she's single, that he's basically single. And then later on, like, he calls her, and she was like, no, baby, that's not true, it's just publicity and all this stuff. And she believes him, and it's just, like, the whole movie, like, I was like, does she have a boyfriend? Like, is he there? And then he shows up at some point, and he kind of starts gaslighting her because, like, he finds out that, like, she was like dating someone else while he was away and I'm like wait weren't you guys not broken up and you're getting mad at her yet you're going behind her back and fucking all these other girls and lying to her and being a complete ass and she's literally like no no that's not true and then she goes to Alvin to like tell him like no no tell him that like this wasn't real and that this was just a bet or excuse me not a bet um that this was not real like you paid me to be your friend and all this stuff and I'm like why why are you going back to this guy? Girls, ladies, please, if you are in a situation like this, please walk away. Walk away from someone like this because why? I did not understand why Christina Milan wanted to get back together with that guy because he was an asshole. It was just desperate and I fucking hated it. I digress. I hated it. So the ending of this movie was interesting. And it's not really how I remember it at all. Basically, you know, she gets her man. He gets his dignity back. His dignity back. But I feel like the movie didn't give me any closure. It literally ended on, like, Alvin just kind of, like, tells everyone in the school that he was trying to be somebody that he wasn't. He, like, stands up to, like, the main big bully of, like, the popular group. And then he walks out and everyone's cheering at him at the basketball team. And then Christina Milan like runs after him, goes outside. They kind of, and then she's like yelling, like telling her about like, oh, I, I, I'm not who I'm supposed to be, where I want to be, all this, blah, blah, blah. He kisses her. He grabs her ass. She laughs. Movie ends. It's not how I remembered it at all. But I just, I don't remember, like, I thought he like, got back together with like his friends like at this point in the movie in the end you know him and his friends have, are no longer talking because his friends you know he they felt betrayed that they, you know they, he lied to them and left them in the dust because he was not popular which I, I get it grant granted I totally get it but like there was only one scene where they kind of were like where he kind of did the right thing but they never like really talked again and they were like oh dude like don't worry we're friends 
And then he had also like a scholarship that he was trying to get like throughout the whole movie. Like that was the whole point is that he was working towards getting a scholarship by winning this, um, um, how do I say this? Like winning, like he was like building his own motor and he uses it in his friend's cars. It, it gets confusing, but what happened with that? Like did, did they win the competition? Did, did him and his friends like, did they become friends again? Like there was like a very quick moment where he kind of, defends his friends and he kind of looks at them and they look at him and it's kind of like they have like that agreed moment that everything's good but that was it like and then this brings me into like my main question of this whole movie and just romantic movies in general that i've started to think about that like i kind of wanted to know more like did he win the competition like, does she move to San Francisco? Do they actually successfully date? Does he go to this Ivy League school? Does she become a singer? You know, things that, like, they really talked about. And for some odd reason, this movie really brought up these, like, really brought it out of me where I really was like, so, like, what happened? Because, like, you know, those movies where, like, they just kind of, like, just kiss and then it's the end of the movie. Like, I'm like, can I get an after credit? Can I get a little something that tells me, you know, she graduated and graduated and went here or whatever I don't know I felt very let down and it made me think about just romantic movies in general where people just kind of get the guy and then that's it and you know that is what romantic comedies are you know you're supposed to be put into this world where everything is just seems perfect and you get the guy and or the guy gets the girl and it's beautiful and magical and they're in love and then they ride off into the sunset and everything's perfect that is what romantic comedies are supposed to be telling us or supposed to be portraying because it's a movie. It's not necessarily real. Um, but I will say that this movie really made me want more. I was like, no, I want to know. Does she move to San Francisco? Does she become a singer? Does he go to an Ivy League? These are all questions that I really, really thought. And to be completely honest, I really much believe that this character that these characters did not make it out of high school this was a fling they liked each other he went back to being mm, i don't know kind of nerdy but still kind of popular both and both they dated and that was it i don't think that these characters would actually make it outside of high school that is my <laughs> sad but that is literally what i thought i was like these characters did not make it past high school nope i don't believe it for one moment that they made it past high school so guys, 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 it is time for my final rating of the film. And I'm going to give it in the category of comedy. I'm going to give it a nice number eight because I did think that Nick Cannon was pretty funny at selling who he was. And I also think, especially in the beginning, and I really think Steve Harvey was just freaking hilarious. He sold it in every scene he was in. So for that reason, I will give it in the genre of comedy i will give it an eight but in the genre of romance guys it is gonna be getting a three i am giving this movie a three for the romance because my god there was no romance in this film just disappointing no romance no romance at all and as an overall rating for this movie i'm going to give it a five out of ten because i gave it an eight for the comedy but i took three points off i mean for no romance yeah gave it an eight for comedy and a three for a romance. So an overall, five out of ten this movie gets. Wow. A five out of ten. This was my lowest, lowest rated movie. <laughs> I gave it a five out of ten. <laughs> Would I watch this movie again? I can't believe. I know. I'm watching this now. I can't believe I even owned this movie on DVD. Shocking. I owned this movie on DVD. Um, 
I could watch it. You know, you know, if you're someone who's never seen it and you're wondering if you should watch this movie, I would watch it for, you know, just a rom-com that you don't really need much to get into. You know, you just want to throw it on. Maybe if you're dating some guy in high school and you just want to make out, put this movie on for fun. It's just like one of those movies. Or for a throwback for the 2000s if you're feeling throwbacky. Or if you just want to watch a good funny performance if you're a big fan of Steve Harvey, recommend. But if none of those reasons really appeal to you, I don't think you're missing much by skipping this movie, which is really sad because I love movies, but I am totally okay with stomping on how bad they are as well. But guys, that is it. Thank you so much for joining me for Rom-Com February. This was so fun. I can't wait to get into next month and start diving into more movies because there's just so many that I want to cover. Like there's a lot of movies and I need to start making a list because there's a lot of movies. There's a lot of TV shows I want to cover. And oh my God, I'm I just really, really excited. Um, Would you guys be interested in doing a one by one episode recap of um, really, really good shows? Let me know. DM me at the Watchaholic podcast. Uh, let me know if this is something that you would be interested in. But uh, friend, I hope you have a fantastic week. Please don't, please, please, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review if you haven't yet. And again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for taking this time out of your day to listen to me. And um, yeah, I'll see you guys next week. Bye!